So I don't know if this was meant to be a layup or meant to be the, the, the divisive question. Pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? Dizwins Radio, episode 903, starts in three, two. Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas to those of you that uh, celebrate Christmas. Happy just last Friday of 2020 to those that uh, don't worry about Christmas as a, as a day to celebrate. Uh, however however this episode finds you, however, uh, whatever holidays you may or may not celebrate, hope that you're well, hope that uh, your, your end of the year, end of 2020 is... Uh, Going smoothly so far. This is the uh, the Christmas Day edition of the podcast. I don't I don't know that there's there, there in six years there must have been an episode that went out on Christmas Day before, right? But I think I think in the past those used to be like kind of best of episodes. But today we don't have. I mean, this isn't best of. This is Q and A style. Last Friday of the month, last Friday of the year. Uh, you ask, I answer. So for those of you that are maybe listening for the first time, uh, we do this, like I said, each and every month, the end of each month, the last Friday is dedicated to your questions. A lot of times, pretty serious questions as far as running related, a fair amount of times, some shenanigans, and then, you know, a little bit of stuff in between sometimes as well. Uh, but you know, you ask, I answer, that's how this works around here, whether it's Christmas or not. And uh, if you want to get your questions answered on the podcast somewhere in 2021 or beyond, the best way to do so is to come join the party over in the Facebook group. Just point your browser to disruns.com slash Facebook, or the next time you're on Facebook, just search for the Disruns tribe in that little search bar that's somewhere usually up at the top of the page of the browser of the app and uh, click the join and we'll let you, we'll let you come hang out with us. Hopefully have some fun, crack some jokes. And then somewhere in the middle of the month, uh, usually about 10 days before the last Friday, so it's usually a Wednesday, sometimes the, the third Wednesday, sometimes the fourth, depending on how the, the month shakes out. Uh, there'll be a, po- there'll be a, a, a post in the, on, on that day that says, hey, what are your questions for the month? You put your questions in there. I'll go ahead and answer them on the monthly Q&A episode. Uh, one other little plug for the, uh, the Facebook group. If you, if you heard last week's uh, quick tip episode, uh, mentioned that we're going to, we're going to do a little something different this year on new year's day. Um, that I don't know. I mean, if it goes well and y'all enjoy it, maybe this will become a thing that happens every new year's. And then maybe it'll be something that's a little bit more, uh, a little bit less thrown together than this one is, but we're going to hold a fat ass style event, which basically just means not a whole lot of rules, not a whole lot of structure. You can kind of make your own rules. Um, but the loose rules are run, run a 5k, run multiple 5ks, basically as many 5ks as you want to run to bring in the new year. Um, and, and we're going to have some fun, crack some jokes, post some pictures, uh, maybe do a couple of giveaways and things like that, but it's all happening within the Facebook group. So feel free to post about it, share about it, tell your friends about it in other places. Um, but those of you that are already in the group, you're already set. If you want to participate, great. If not, no worries. If you're not in the group already, 
and you don't care about getting your questions answered, but you want to have a little bit of a fun uh, type of challenge on New Year's Day, and by challenge, I mean just challenging of yourself, right? There's no medals, no cost, no nothing like that. Uh, come on over and join us for uh, the running of the 5Ks. The, the, I think, I think the, uh, the hashtag is uh, D-R-N-Y-F-A for the Diz Runs New Year's Fat Ass. Uh, going down. One week from today, January the 1st, 2021. Hope that you will join us for that. But but, but until then, let's answer some questions, shall we? The first question this month is, uh, <laughs> you know it's coming, is, is how the question leads off from Thessaly. Uh, Got to ask for the, uh, the book and guitar updates. You know, I mean, what better way to close off 2020 than by answering Thessaly's monthly question with basically the same answer that uh, has been going on since she started asking it somewhere. I don't know when. When did you start ask, asking that question? Thus, was it you know spring, summer, somewhere? I don't know. It's been a, it's been a constant question for a while now. The answer has been pretty much the same. Um, I've thought about the book. I've I've maybe written a, a probably not a chapter, but I, I've written the intro or at least the start of the intro a few times in my head. But uh, still no still no words on on uh, on uh, on the your fingers on the keys. Still no words on the page. Um, was hoping to get to it this month, uh, kind of like I have every month and just, you know, I mean, things just, just pop up. And, um, you know, I guess, I guess I kind of got into that mindset towards, you know, towards about the 10th of December where I was just like, you know what, like, let me finish all the, let me tie up as many loose ends as possible between now and the end of the year and really get serious about it again. Or well, again, really get serious about writing the book in, uh, you know, in 2021, starting in January. So kind of, kind of that guy that's kicking the can down the road and saying, ah, you know, I'll just, I'll worry about it next year, but I want to worry about it next year. I want to worry about it now, but just, you know, I mean, there's, there's things, there's other things, there's a couple of time sensitive things that have to be done by the end of the year, uh, that it kind of, kind of derailed a little bit of, of maybe extra time that I could have spent on the book is what it is. You know, I, it's, it's an excuse. I want to say it's not an excuse, but it's obviously an excuse. Um, but I appreciate you continuing to, to pester me on that. And maybe not pester. Yeah, pe- I'm going to go with pester, uh, but in a good way, in a good way, kind of needling me on, on getting the next book started so I can eventually get it finished. Right. And so I can get it out and get it in y'all's hands. Um, and, and definitely, I mean, that was part of the plan for 2020. It got derailed by COVID again, making an excuse, but I think there's something to it. Uh, hopefully it'll be one of those things that'll kind of come back to normal in 2021. Um, as, as we kind of continue to work through the COVID situation, get that vaccine out there, get some things a little bit more back to normal. As far as guitar updates, I mean, not much to, to offer there. I really have been, been halfway decent this month about kind of staying on track and getting some work done, which means not as much guitar playing, a little fiddling around here and there. Um, no new songs to, to, uh, update on as far as things I've started to mess with, continue to work on one sweet world a little bit and, and kind of refine that and get a little bit better there. Uh, same thing with really with all the songs, it's kind of been this month. I've been just kind of dabbling with refreshing my memory of some of the other songs I've worked on gray street, uh, the Christmas song, um, you know, just, just a handful of those, those Dave Matthews songs that I've been, been kind of playing with for over the last year or so, uh, just kind of refreshing my memory on, on those that I haven't played in a while. So, uh, just kind of been, been, Chilling out, uh, not so much of the guitar stuff. Uh, Chris from GA chimes in with a little update going to, uh, to ask, when am I going to put my guitar skills to use and play my own intro riff to the podcast? Chris, 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 Chris. Apparently, I haven't been clear that there are no my own guitar riffs. All right? There, there is no Diz writes his own guitar stuff. No, 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 no. We are, we are straight up 
copying, covering, whatever you want to say, ripping off uh, Mr. Matthews himself. I'm, uh, I'm not trying to learn how to play guitar. I'm trying to learn how to play Dave Matthews songs on the guitar. A, a, a distinct difference I feel like at least between those two those two situations, which means that you're not going to see me playing the guitar on the podcast anytime soon because it wouldn't be me playing it'd, it'd be me playing Dave Matthews stuff. And I want if I wanted to put Dave Matthews stuff on the guitar or on the podcast, I mean I'd try to use his music right because it's going to be better than anything that I come up with on my own. So uh, yeah, don't plan on see plan. You know I, I don't want to make any any hard and fast promises necessarily, but I think it's safe to say. There will be a book that's written before, maybe multiple books written well before there's Denny playing the guitar on the opening riff of the podcast. All right. I'm not saying, but I'm just saying. Uh, Thessaly also asked uh, you kind of another question, a little bit different than the book guitar question for, for, uh, for this month, which is, you know, which is fine. We'll take, we'll take all the questions. Um, when thinking of setting goals and keeping them, how do you measure success? So, that's that's a, a a really good question and and one of those things that um you know I mean I I can say that I could do like a full you know 45 50 minute talk on just that because I did like literally a couple nights ago in the uh the the monthly webinar that I do for for the athletes I coach we talked all about goals and and goal setting and uh staying on track and keeping going and measuring success and all that kind of good stuff um and so, I mean, I, I think I think I spent about 45 minutes on it. Uh, so clearly, we're not going to spend 45 minutes to go into that type of depth here. But, you know, I, I think that, that the big key with setting goals or, and, and keeping them and, and staying on track with them and then ultimately, you know, measuring your success is to, to, first of all, set the right goals, right? Make sure it's something that you're really excited about, that you really want to do, that, that, there's, a, that there's a reason for. Um, you know, if, if you're just, you know, sticky, speaking from a running sense, you know, if, if you're just, if your goal is to just kind of randomly run whatever, 1500 miles this year, like why, why that number? Why? If you're just picking a number out and, and I'm not even the biggest fan of, of, uh, setting mileage goal, you know, mileage goals for, for the year. I've, I've been on record with that before. I think I might talk about that a little bit more as we go. Um, but I, I'm not real keen on that practice, but if you want to set one of those types of goals, you know, the number that you set needs to mean something to you. There needs to be a reason why that's a number. Okay. Like if you want to run the year, which is spoiler alert, one of my goals for this year or for next year, I guess maybe this year, depending on when you're listening to today's episode. Um, but, but the reason that I want to do that isn't necessarily because 2021 is some magical number, right? It's because I'm trying to make sure I'm getting a, a good amount of mileage and continue to build my base. Like, like that goal in and of itself is working towards my goals of qualifying for Boston, running a marathon in every state, just staying healthy and strong and, and, and fit for, you know, decades to come Th- that ties into that. So that's th- my motivation for, for that goal in particular is more than just to say I ran 2021 miles in, in the year 2021. Um, but it's, it's bigger than that. And so, you know, I think when, when it comes to setting goals, being intentional about what your goal is and attaching a meaning bigger than just this is the goal is really helpful to keep you going. Right. Because if, if you're, if you're passionate about not only getting to that goal, but go, continuing on beyond it, you're going to keep going. You're going to be, you're going to be on it. And then of course, measuring success, you got to figure out how, how frequently to measure for yourself. Um, but again, for, for, as an example, for a, a mileage type of goal for the year, um, you know, I think if you're kind of keeping track at least every month, 
maybe maybe not a, a total running total every day, but at least kind of you know keeping an eye on on knowing what you need to to hit your your mileage marks for the year. Um, you know what, what do you need to get kind of every week, something like that, so that you just kind of know how you're doing on track, right? Because if if I'm going to say that I'm going to run 2,021 miles in in 2021, and then I don't keep track of my mileage until you know like all right, I set the intention, and then on you know December the 30th, I'm, well let's see how I'm doing, like. I might be spot on. There's a pretty good chance I might have 1,500 miles and then be like, oh, snap. I guess we're not going to do that because I'm not going to run 500 miles tomorrow, right? Um, so having whatever the, the right frequency is for you, and it's going to depend on your goal and depend on on you know you and, and what you're doing towards that goal, but having a, a, a regular time to check in. Maybe it's every week, every month, every quarter. Maybe it's all of the above and, and really kind of measuring, all right, where am I at? in relation to where am I trying to be by the end of the year? Um, and, and using that to help you stay on track, help hopefully help you to continue to be motivated because, Hey, all right, I, I'm, you know, I'm three weeks in and I've already done three quarters of what I needed to do for the month. Or maybe I'm even closer than that. Maybe I'm farther ahead. Um, but it just keeps you on track getting that sense of a, like, Hey, we're doing what we need, what we said we we're going to do, uh, I think can be helpful. So, I, I mean, I could talk goals all day. Um, but, uh, but I, hopefully that, that helps, gives you a little bit of an idea on how to set your goals. I think, I think kind of the last, the last bit, at least in your question about goals, Thessaly, when it comes to setting goals is to really take some time and think about them. I think that, that one of the reasons that most, whatever the percentage is, 80%, 90% of new year's resolutions fail, which let's not kid ourselves. New year's resolutions are just goals for the year. Right. But I think the reason that so many of them fail is that we just kind of get to the first of the year and go, all right, well, what do I want to accomplish this year? First thing that comes to mind, oh, I want to lose 10 pounds, or I want to run a marathon, or I want to run 1,500 miles, or I want to you know, change my diet, or whatever. You know, Whatever those types of common things are. We just kind of think of it and go, oh, yeah, all right, that sounds good. But there was never really no thought that went into it. No like really attaching reason. It's just like, oh, yeah, that sounds good. And then you know you get you get past the glow of the new year. You get to the the fifteenth, the twenty first, the 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 first of February, whatever the case might be. Uh, you get three three to five weeks in, and you're just like, yeah, running that marathon, losing that weight, creating a running habit, whatever, whatever that goal that you you kind of thought doesn't seem as fun anymore. And because you don't, you're not really invested in it. You don't really care that much. Um, it's like, well, yep, screw that. Talk to you next year when I come up with a new goal. So have a goal that you, that you, that really resonates with you. And if it takes you until January 12th to think of it or January 15th or February 4th or whatever, if it takes you a month to really settle on some good goals that are really meaningful, that are really going to help you make changes in, in your running life, your business life, your educational life, your family, whatever, I think that's okay. Right. You don't have nothing says you have to have goals set in stone on January 1st. All right. It's a great time to think about setting new goals because it's a new year, but Take the time to really think of some good goals. That's going to help you stay on track and hopefully be more successful 365 days from from now, or at least, I guess, 372 days from now, because that would be December 31st of next year. Anyway, thanks for the questions, Thessaly, and I uh, hope you're having a, a happy holiday season. Uh, Tom chimes in with the, with the next question. What is your favorite kind of Christmas cookie? Um... Yeah, I mean, kind of hard to argue with uh, with the old peanut butter blossom. I think that's I think that's my number one. Um, maybe my, my number one B would be the, the the Buckeye. And if you notice, there's a common kind of theme in both of those. It's peanut butter and it's chocolate all jammed together, which is pretty much my my go to jam of any type of treat, candy, whatever the case might be. You give me peanut butter, you give me chocolate together, 
you, you got you got a happy diz. So uh, the peanut butter blossom, for those that aren't familiar, it's the peanut butter kind of cookie that when it comes out of the oven, you, you slam that little, uh, maybe not slam, maybe you set the uh, the Hershey's Kiss on the middle. It kind of gets a little gooey, melty, but not like, not too melty. Um, it all just kind of sits into the cookie and it's it's perfect. Uh, and then the, the Buckeyes, um, which which are which are really good, um, are, are like a peanut butter ball that stays in the fridge, so it's nice and cold. Dip that in chocolate, which again, keep it in the fridge, get a little crispness to the chocolate. You kind of bite through, you kind of snap. Ooh, good, good stuff. But peanut butter chocolate all day, uh, can't go wrong there. You know, sugar cookies, those types of things, gingerbread, you know, I mean, like they're not bad, but... Honestly, like I'm probably not going to dive off my, my low carb bandwagon for something like that, but, uh, the peanut butter chocolate combos. Yeah. There's a pretty good chance that, uh, that I'll, I'll go a little, go a little crazy for some peanut butter chocolate around the holidays. So thanks for the question, Tom, uh, Chris short chiming in as per usual with at least one question a month. This month, his question, favorite movie version of a Christmas Carol. Like this one might, might, uh, upset some folks because I don't really much care for the any movie version of the Christmas Carol. But if I had to pick one, which clearly I do, and I, I honestly, I can't think of too many that I've seen. You know, lots of people talking about, well, obviously the Muppet Christmas Carol. I feel like I've seen bits and pieces of it. Don't, I don't know that I've ever sat down to like watch it. I think probably the only one that I've ever like actually sat down to watch it um, was like the Mickey Mouse version from, I don't know, however long, 19, you know, 74 or what, I don't know what year it was, but like old school, you know, Scrooge McDuck, um, Mickey Mouse is, as, uh, um, is Tiny Tim or whatever? I guess that was Mickey Mouse's kid or whatever. Is Tiny Tim goofy as as uh, the the ghost of Christmas past? Um, pretty much that was that was my. That's probably about the only Christmas Carol that I can actually think of, like actually watching. Um, no real. I don't know. I mean, call me a fuddy duddy. I've been called worse things. Christmas Carol just doesn't do it for me. I, I don't really. Eh, whatever. Christmas Carol. Meh. Give me some Home Alone when it comes to mo- Christmas movies, or give me some some Christmas Vacation, Christmas Carol. Eh, ain't nobody got time for that type of of ethical ethical uh, roller coaster ride. Um, I mean, I guess probably people do, but I don't. So uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'll take the the Mickey Mouse or whatever the 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 Disney version of the Christmas Carol, which I guess the Muppets are technically a Disney version because I think Disney owns the Muppets, but. Um, I'll take the Mickey Mouse Christmas Carol um, if I had to choose one, but I'm going to not watch the Christmas Carol if I can avoid it is how that's going to work out. Uh, next question from Ellen. How was the race? The little laughy, laughy. Uh, talking about the the 50K that I ran uh, at the beginning of the month up in uh, North Florida. Uh, a few people had said like, Hey, can't wait to hear about the race. And like, you know, if, if you've, if you follow the show for a while, you know, I, I'm not really big keen on doing the whole big, uh, race recap recap and, and outlining every little bit and, and detail and this and that and the other. So, um, I apologize if that's what you're really, really hoping for. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, you know, it was a good race. It was hard. It was, it was a lot more up and down than I'm used to. Uh, if, if you, uh, read the email that I wrote shortly after the race, uh, I, I looked, I did, I did some fact checking and, uh, you know, that, that 32 miles of that 50 K, um, ended up with like 150 less feet of elevation gain in that one day than I had in 213 miles in the entire month of November. So even though maybe it wasn't a lot of hills for some of you folks, I think it ended up being like right around 2000 feet, something like that. Um, 
It was a lot for me. It was a lot for me. And it was no like huge, big, long hills, but just constant ups and downs and little twists and running on kind of the side of a hill. So you're kind of running at an angle the whole, like it was just, it was fun. It was a good race. It was a good trail race. Um, honestly, I, you know, shout out to, uh, the crew that put the race on. I know there's some of the folks that, that listen to the show are, are involved with the race or in that, that running crew, uh, Wade and, uh, Julia and, and maybe a couple other folks that maybe might start, might've started listening to the show since then. Um, but uh, y'all did a great job. And, and I, I really do honestly think that, um, it's going to be a race that, that blows up in kind of the, the North Florida, uh, South Georgia trail running, ultra running scene. Uh, it's going to be a popular race and, and I hope that, uh, y'all are able to, to grow it successfully. Uh, and, and I'm looking forward to uh, not making any promises of coming back and running it next year, but looking forward to running it again at some point in a non COVID year when, when we can actually have like, you know, the, the true ultra experience of just the parties and the hangouts and the, the food and the aid stations, all that stuff, which obviously couldn't happen this year due to COVID. But, um, y'all did a great job for a first year race. Very well done. Uh, definitely recommend the, the blaze pioneer 50 K or 30 K or 15 K I think was the other option. Um, it was a good race. It was a good trail race, hard race, difficult race, fun race. Um, and I'm finally paying three plus three. So that's a win. I mean, I've been paying three plus three for a while. Um, but it took, it took a little while. It took like a full week to really kind of feel back to myself. Um, which, which is saying something like, cause I didn't try to run it that hard, but boy, all that climbing beat me up. But, uh, thank you for, for forcing my hand, Ellen, making me talking about the race. Uh, appreciate it. And, uh, hope that that answer suffices for, uh, for all of y'all. It was a fun race, hard race. Um, definitely a recommended race as far as I'm concerned. Uh, next question from Mona. What are the new goals you are setting for next year? Um, it's the first of a, of a handful of questions. If you've been listening for a while, you know, Mona likes to get in three or four or five questions at a shot. So, uh, we'll take them one at a time. What are the new goals you're setting for the next year? Well, Mona, like don't slow down. We'll get to that. Um, I already kind of let the cat out of the bag on one of them running, running the year next year will be another, will be a goal again. Um, don't think I'll have too much problem. It looks like I'm going to probably end up with, you know, somewhere in the neighborhood of 21 to 2200 miles. I I'm over 21. I, I, I don't know exactly where I'm at right now. 2130, 2150, something like that. Um, I don't know if I'll get 50 miles in between now and the new year. So it might be a little bit short of 2200. Either way I covered, I covered the 2020. Um, so, you know, Things kind of just keep on keeping on. Should have no problem covering 2021 for next year. Um, and I've got some more goals, but we're going to we're gonna save those because there's a, an episode coming out a week from now on New Year's Day that might just make sense to be one to talk about some goals a little bit. So we'll get to the rest of my goals because honestly, I'm still percolating on several, um, but we'll get, to, we'll get to some more goals uh, next week. So stay tuned. Uh, next question from Mona, how to place the goals? Uh, do I just think of a number I can do per month as per miles and set a goal? Or should I consider all the odds that life can play? Uh, you know, weather, health, family obligations, et cetera. How do I basically how to set goals? So, um, you know, this kind of goes back to that, that annual mileage goal situation that some people like to set that I'm apparently liking to set now as well, which even though it goes against so much of what I, what I think about, but if, if you are, you know, thinking about setting a, a mileage goal for the year, how do you, how do you go about determining the right, the right mileage? Um, and that's, that's a really interesting question, you know, because, because there's, I don't know that there is a right way, but there's a lot of things that you can, you can do to kind of help give yourself an idea. So I, I think that the big thing that, that a lot of people do, and maybe this applies to you, Mona, maybe not, I don't, I don't know, but in, when I've set mileage goals in the past where I haven't been successful, which spoiler alert, there was a lot of those. Um, in the last several years before this past year where I, I set a number, 
didn't come close. Missed it by a couple hundred miles each each year. Um, and what I would typically do in those situations was was pick a number that kind of relied on everything being perfect. Meaning, you know, if I was if I was running, you know, thirty six miles a week most weeks, I was like, all right, well, if I run forty miles per week, that means I can get to here or whatever the number might have been. But it kind of looked, it, it basically just revolved around. Everything like I, I can't really miss any runs. I can't really have any days where I, I run short. Certainly can't have any injuries where I'm I'm not able to run for you know more than than a few days. Um, you know, recovery from like maybe I shouldn't race because then I'm gonna have to take a little bit of time off to recover from a race, and that's gonna like like all of those kind of things. I didn't think about necessarily. I was just like, oh, you know, in a normal week I'm running 30 miles a week, so boom, let's go for 1,700 miles this year. Um, because like, oh, that'll push me a little bit. But I didn't. I didn't factor into the, the like you said that life can play a role because spoiler alert, life is going to play a role. Like I don't know what twenty twenty one is going to throw at maybe us as a as a population, each of us individually probably going to be a little bit of both of that type of stuff. But safe to say that life is going to happen, right? There's going to be weather issues. There's going to be family issues. Maybe you get sick. Maybe you have a little bit of a of a niggle that you have to work with. Maybe there's a worldwide pandemic. Like who knows? But life is going to happen. So if you're trying to set your mileage goal on like based on the perfect best case scenario, these are like the, the like if I have, a, you know, if I run 200 miles in a month, like that's a great month. So I'm going to just say, let's run for 2,400 miles. Like, no, if, if 200 miles would be a great month or maybe, maybe 150 miles, whatever. It doesn't matter. The numbers are, you use sliding scale. If, if 200 miles would be a great month, then maybe you set your mileage target on the idea that you're going to run, I don't know, 18 180 miles per month, not 18, 180 instead of 200. So yeah, you might have some months that you come close to that 200 mark and bank yourself a little bit, but there's going to be plenty of months where life happens, where you're going to struggle to get to 180, right? Because that's what, that's what happens. Life happens. So I think that if you're going to set a mileage, uh, mileage goal for the year, it's definitely important to, to, to work backwards a little bit with the numbers and, and really kind of figure out what does, you know, what, what, what is required for the goal that you might set and err on the side of caution, err on the side of caution. Like, sure. It might sound great to try to make the the leap up to run in the year this year, but if you've never run more than 14 or 1500 miles, like that's asking a lot. So maybe, maybe set the goal of running 1700. And if you end up with 1850, fantastic. If you end up with 2021, awesome. But to, to, to aim for that, it was just going to require perfect health, um, or at least near perfect health, near perfect consistency, all that type of stuff. That's a big ask. It's a big ask. So definitely set, set your mileage goals or even just consistency goals. I want to run a certain number of days per week. All right. If, if six days is the goal, maybe your is, is the ideal then maybe the goal should be five more often than not, you'll have no problem hitting that some weeks you'll, you'll, you'll feel great and have, you know, life will cooperate and you'll get six in and there'll be a few weeks when you only get three or four and that's okay. It, hopefully it all balances out to be that you average five days per week for the year and that, you know, check mark success, right? But definitely when you, when it comes to setting goals that are kind of a little bit more results based, which like you said, I'm, I'm a bit more, uh, preferred of, of the goals that are inputs based that you can totally control. Um, but, uh, you know, the, the goals that are a bit more results based total number of miles, total of runs, whatever those types of things, maybe err on the side of, all right, what's, What's realistic based on a not perfect scenario the whole way around? Because I hate to say it, hate to be the, 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 the bearer of bad news, but probably life's not going to be perfect all the way around for, you know, 
for the entirety of 2021. Uh, and if we learned anything in 2020, it's that, that life's not going to be perfect for a year, uh, very often. So hopefully that helps. Uh, last question for Mona. How are you? I mean, how are you feeling? Congratulations on accomplishing your goals for this year. I think you kind of exceeded. That's exciting. Um, I'm, I'm fine. You know, like I'm, I'm in case y'all haven't figured out yet. I'm pretty even keeled. Try not to get too high. Try not to get too low. Um, try to just kind of hang out in the fine zone and I'm fine right now. You know, looking forward to, um, Certainly looking forward to the new year. I like an, I like a fresh start. I like a clean canvas, something that I can start, uh, you know, coloring in and working on as I go. Uh, so I'm certainly looking forward to that. Um, you know, 2020 hasn't been a great year. Hasn't been a terrible year. It's just kind of, you know, it's been, it's been, there's been some ups, there's been some downs, tried to stay fairly level throughout, uh, and feel like I'm kind of right there right now, you know, looking forward to maybe a couple, couple low key days around, around the Christmas holiday around, around today. Um, which obviously I'm not recording this today, but you know what I mean? Um, and, and, and just kind of, chilling a little bit, not taking the foot completely off the gas, but just kind of <sighs> breathing a little bit and then, uh, starting the new year off, new year off strong with a whole bunch of five K's, which whew, not exactly my cup, of, but I'm not racing them all. I'm just running five K that's different. And I can handle that. So, uh, I'm, I'm going to do a bunch of them so that, you know, there's that as well, but uh, looking forward to that. So I'm good. I, I'm fine. I'm, I'm okay. You know, whatever to me that those are all mean the same thing. So I'm not trying to be cryptic here. Like we're, we're okay. We're okay. Uh, and certainly looking forward to to next year and, and wish you a happy new year as well, Mona, and, and hope that you have a, a great start to the new year and looking forward to more questions from you uh, in 2021. Uh, next question from from my, my, my new friend, Paul. We talked on the phone the other day, had a little consult call, which appreciate that. Hopefully helped him a little bit, gave him some suggestions of things to go forward with. Uh, but Paul asks, uh, I believe I'm not supposed to do anything but run in my running shoes to protect the wear pattern. What about trail shoes? Are they allowed to go to Walmart and et cetera, or are they, should be on the trails only? And what about running on the roads in the trail shoes? So um, great, great question, Paul, because it's, it's one of those things that, you know, it's kind of one, at least I feel it's kind of one of those like perfect world situations. Like in a perfect world, yeah, you'd, you'd only run in your running shoes to just prolong the life of the running shoes. Right, it's not so much necessarily to, to protect the wear pattern, but it's just to protect the the integrity of the shoes. Right, the the more cushion that our shoes have, and I don't know which which types of shoes you wear, Paul, but if you're wearing something that's got a, a little bit of cushion in there, whether it's it's you know insert brand name here that we all they all have them. You know, the Hoka's are, are most maybe uh, widely known, but I mean Nikes, Adidas, Asics, Ultras, uh, pretty much all running shoes have some cushion in the, in the middle, right? Between the, between the bottom of the shoe and where your foot sits in there and the, between the outsole and the insole, there's, there's a, the midsole, which is all the cushioning. Um, and, and at some point, each shoe varies a little bit based on the shoe itself, the construction of the materials, how you run, body weight, terrain, all those types of things impact how long that midsole, that cushioning maintains its structural integrity. If you're only wearing your shoes when you're running, then that in-between time allows that that foam to kind of decompress, to, to kind of get back to its normal state, which in theory, at least, helps the shoe to last a little bit longer. If you're wearing your shoes all the time, walking around, kicking around in them, that, that foam gets compressed a little bit quicker, and instead of getting whatever, 300, 400, 500, 800 miles on your running shoes, you might only get 200 or 250 or 300 miles because you're just wearing them, you're... you're, you're Compressing that foam more quick, more more frequently, which ultimately then may restrict how quickly it bounces back, and now you got to replace your running shoes a little bit more quickly. So, in theory, in the ideal world, you'd probably only wear your running shoes when you're running. 
in the real world? Is it like a, a mortal sin to to you know go for a run and then jump in the car and go to Walmart or whatever and, and go shopping? I mean, no, it's not the end of the world. It's not a big deal. Um, you know, and, and if, if you don't have a, a bunch of, of shoes laying around, then, then that might be what happens. Um, but I, I definitely get kind of for, for me, you know, I have my running shoes. I wear them when I run. Uh, and then I've got some old running shoes that if I need a pair of shoes to kick around the house with, kick around the yard, um, I put on an, a, an old pair of running shoes that maybe isn't great for running in anymore, but for wearing around, it's okay. And then, of course, I'm a sandals guy, so I literally wear sandals 365 days a year. So, um, you know, if I'm going to the store, I've got my sandals on. I mean, that's that's just that's a given, right? The, the, the sun the sun's yellow, the sky is blue, and Diz has the sandals on. I mean, that's that's just that's just how it's going to be. And it's the same whether you're talking about running, you know, road shoes, trail shoes, whatever. Um, you know, as far as the cushion, as far as the bounce back, you know, trail shoes tend to have a bit more tread to them. They they tend to have a bit more grip because that sometimes is lacking on the trail. So, you know, can you wear trail shoes on the road? Sure. Yeah. I mean, whatever. Um, but, but they're not necessarily made for it. It's kind of like, you know, a little bit of an analogy here, but kind of like if you have like mudding tires on your, on your Jeep or on your truck or snow tires on your car, um, you know, they're a little bit thicker tread. They, they, um, you know, provide a little bit extra grip when, when the, the, the conditions aren't, aren't the greatest. Can you drive on them on the, on the interstate on dry roads? Well, sure. But are they going to wear out a little bit quicker? Probably. Um, do they do they hamper your your gas mileage, the, the the economy of your car a little bit because they have more grip? Yeah. Um, and it's the same thing with your running with your with your trail running shoes. If you wear them on the roads, they can work. They can work just fine. In fact, a lot of trails, especially ones that have a little more cushion to them, like you you'll hardly notice the difference in short bursts. But what you might find is that they wear out a little bit quicker. Um, and and I do have the experience that I don't wish upon anybody, but I do have the experience of forgetting my, uh, shoes on race day, which you, you may not have heard that story yet, Paul, but, uh, but, uh, yes, lo and behold, earlier this year, um, I, I left my, my running shoes, my road shoes, my race day shoes in the hotel room, got to the race and realized that I had forgotten them there and didn't have time to turn around and go back and get them and still get back to the race on time. Thankfully I had trail shoes in my car. So I would just, put on, put on a pair of trail shoes and, and jumped into a half marathon. Um, and I can tell you that, that like I was fine, but my feet felt it more than they would have in the road shoes. And the, the amount of cushioning was about the same. All right. So it wasn't that, that my trail shoes were real thin and my road shoes were thicker. No, 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 no. Same amount of cushioning definitely had my feet a bit more beat up in the, in the trail shoes. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend trail shoes as a regular road shoe, but in the winter months, ice and snow out there, nothing wrong with that. You know, get yourself a little bit of extra grip. Give yourself that that a little bit extra confidence that your feet aren't going to go go slipping and sliding while you're out on the run. That's fine. That's fine. On dry pavement in the summertime, I'm going to wear road shoes. All right? You do you, though. Because ultimately, it's all about comfort. It's all about, you know, it might wear them out a little bit quicker, but it's okay. You know, whatever. Good shoes are good shoes. Um, so hope that that makes a, at least a little bit of sense, Paul. Um you know, you can wear your shoes wherever, but you know, if you can, if you can avoid that, it's going to help probably last just a little bit longer, whether we're talking about road shoes or trail shoes. So thank you for the questions, Paul. Hope that helps. And any other questions, just let me know. Uh, a couple coming up here from, from Alan. The first two are kind of along the same vein, but we'll take them one at a time. Uh, first question, performance enhancing drugs slash substances from testosterone replacement therapy to blood doping to steroids, any place for them in the life of a runner asking your opinion out of curiosity, not because I'm considering any of these. Well, I mean, you know, Alan, I mean the, 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 
I feel like the obvious answer is no. Like there's no place for it. Um, do I think that that all runners are clean as a whistle? <laughs> no. Um, like like here's here's my stance on it. Right. Like like cheating is cheating. Right. And and I've said before, and some people don't particularly care for this opinion, but I I can't see the difference really, other than you know one is legal cheating and one is illegal cheating. But you know what is the difference between performance enhancing drugs and you know these fancy carbon plated shoes that that um, you know spring you forward? I mean they're both they're both an external advantage. You know some people say well you know the shoes it's just modern technology evolving and we got to change with the times. Well I mean it's the same thing with with steroids and drugs and and testosterone replacement and EV, e, you know all the different drugs EPO all, all this it's just technology. Why don't we keep up with the technology? It's given us an advantage. Right. Well, because because the the parties that be have decided that you know the drugs are illegal, but all the shoe companies you know pay the 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 running federations enough money that they're like, well, yeah, the shoe the shoes are okay. So you know, I mean, maybe unpopular opinion, but I, I see them as the same. You know, they're 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 cheating basically. Just one's allowed, one's not. But but in theory, like you know, as far as as, as steroids, whatever, any type of performance enhancing drugs. Um, you know, at the highest level, in theory, they test for that stuff, right? To keep it out. But like, if I, if I was, was desperate enough to qualify for Boston and I thought that, Hey, you know, taking some steroids or doing some blood doping or whatever was going to help me get there. And I, and I go out and run a, a 302 marathon at, at some marathon in 2021. Guess what? They're not testing my blood. They're not testing my urine. They're not seeing if, if I, if I cheated my way to a Boston time, but I would know. Right. And that's something I'm not willing to do. I'm not willing to, to wear the fancy shoes, you know, the, the spring-loaded shoes that, uh, that that give me the boost. If, you, if you're if you okay with it, cool, wear them. It's fine with me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel more proud of myself when I qualify for Boston by not wearing the, the, the PED shoes, just like I'm going to feel more proud of myself when I qualify for Boston for not taking drugs, right? But, you know, whatever. If, 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 if you can sleep at night knowing that you're cutting corners knowing that you're taking drugs to, to, to give you an extra boost. I mean, I don't, I don't think you should, but I'm not the, the morals and ethics police. Like, you know, if, if that's cool with you to, to, you know, to, 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 to finish first in your age group at the local, the local half marathon that you're willing to, to cheat, to, to, to take drugs to do that. I mean, I think that says more about you than anything else. Right. So, um, and, and obviously like, again, I'm not being morals and ethics here. I just, I, I don't see the place for them in the life of a, of a normal everyday runner. Um, you know, at the highest levels, I still don't see a place for it, but I can see the allure of, you know, you're trying, like it's your job, right? Like you're trying to get every little advantage. You're trying to, to optimize this, optimize that. Um, you know, if you feel like you're slipping or you can't quite make it, get over the hump, like I can see why they would do it. I still don't think there's a place for it, of course. Um, but for us, I mean, come on, man. Like, you know, just no, no place for it as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, you do what you got to do. Uh, not not you specifically, Alan, but, you know, be, be, anybody, you know, you, you do what you got to do. If you can live with it, you can sleep with it. You know, just like if you cut, if you can live with yourself for cutting the course, you know, running, a, running, a, you know, some of these, these folks that, that get into Boston or get into whatever by or win a race by, by only running 16 miles of a marathon. You know, they cut the course somewhere, they hide in the porta potty and they jump back out and run back like I mean, that's just ridiculous. Like cheating is cheating. And, and, um, you know, but some of those people, they, they're, 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 they're pro- like, I beat the system. Well, yeah, sure you did. Like, okay. You know, if, again, it says more about you than it does about 
any, anything else as far as I'm concerned. Uh, next question from Alan, kind of a follow-up in the same vein. What about cannabis for athletics? Uh, there's CBD for recovery, but folks might even use THC for pain. Any thoughts? Again, I'm about as straight as it gets. I even hesitate to use NSAIDs like ibuprofen. So it's okay, Alan. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to, to uh, you know, validate your question. I think it's, a, it's an interesting question. And, and maybe... You know, maybe I'm about to put on my, my hat of hypocrisy, which I wear most of the time. Uh, but maybe I'm about to put on my hat of hypocrisy right here because, honestly, I, I could care less about that kind of stuff. Like, I, I've never, I can honestly say, hand, hand to God, uh, never done anything with, with any type of marijuana, cannabis, whatever the case might be, other than maybe getting a little bit of a secondhand buzz at a Dave Matthews concert. But outside of that, never n- never intentionally uh, taken down any type of, of CBD, THC, you know, side note on the CBD, I'm, I'm intrigued there. You might hear more about that from me in 2021. I don't know. I'm, lo- I'm interested, kind of looking into it, might give it a shot. Uh, and if I, if I think it might be worth it, might talk about it a little bit as far as, you know, affiliate sponsors, things like that. But as far as, as smoking weed, anything like that, never really been into it, never tried it. Um, from what I understand of maybe some of it stereotypical, uh, maybe it's a little bit of times I've, I've seen some people that might be a little bit high, uh, but from what I understand, you know, it's not exactly a, uh, a performance enhancing type of thing, right? The, the THC. Uh, so I guess, I guess my feeling is if, if you want to show up for, for a marathon and you're stoned and you beat me, I mean, odds are you probably would have beat me by even more if you showed up not stoned. Right. So, so I just don't, don't feel like that's, that's the type of thing that like, I feel like that's a competitive disadvantage. So if you want to put yourself behind the eight ball on the starting line, like, okay, I'm fine with that. Um, and if you still beat me, cool. You know, and then when it comes to like CBD for recovery or, or even, you know, THC for, for maybe type of the recovery or pain masking, things like that. I mean, again, you know, where, where do we draw the line that just because, you know, the marijuana is all right, maybe not just because, but all right. So marijuana is, is technically illegal in the United States, right? Some states legal, some states not, but federally, I believe unless something's changed, which is always possible, but federally it's still considered a, a, an illegal substance, right? Um, so, so we automatically say, well, you can't use that, but Tylenol is okay. Ibuprofen is okay. Olive's okay. Aspirin's okay. Um, you know, I mean, I don't know. Kind of feel like, and maybe this is the hippy dippy part. And I'm not very hippy dippy, but maybe this is the hippy dippy part of me coming out. Like, well, you know, the plant is a little bit more, little, little less manufactured, a little bit more natural than some of these other things. So I, like, I kind of would feel like I'd rather take that than take a bunch of, of NSAIDs or, or pain relievers or things like that. Um, so I guess, I guess, you know, again, wearing the hypocrisy hat, like I'm, I'm no on, on steroids, no on the, the carbon shoes, but you know, you want to take some CBD or you want to take some, some THC or you want to show up to a race stone? Like, okay, I have no problem with that. And maybe, maybe some of you see that all of that is the same. Maybe some of you see things a little bit differently than I do. Um, but that's, that's where I stand. So I don't know if I'm talking myself into circle, making sense or whatever, but those are some, some deep questions, Alan, for a Christmas day Q and a. Thank you for that. I appreciate a good deep question, kind of question that might, uh, I don't know, might make a few enemies, hopefully not enemies. Hopefully we can agree to disagree, you know, like, like adults, right. Um, and still be, still be friends uh, coming out the other side. So, uh, Alan would, would be curious to hear your thoughts on, on kind of where you stand. Are we on the same page, different page, whatever. Um, anybody else, you know, would love to hear your thoughts on that as well. Uh, next question from Alan. This is much more of a layup, although arguably, will lead to more disgruntlement and controversy. So I don't know if this was meant to be a layup or meant to be the, the, the divisive question. Pineapple on pizza, yay or nay? I do not understand the hatred for pineapple on pizza. 
Like, I don't get it. I like pineapple on pizza. I don't, I'm not like, it's not like a, a must. It's not like, like a pizza is not a pizza if it doesn't have pineapple on it. But like, I don't know. I mean, so many, so many people that like the sweet and savory combo and then they're like, oh my God, pineapple on pizza. No, we can't have that. Why not? Like that is, that's, that's, that's sweet and savory right there. Like, I don't understand. If you don't like it, cool. You know, my wife, bless her soul. She doesn't like pepperoni on her pizza. I don't understand that. But I don't like say that she she she's a terrible person. Like I, I feel like some people say when they like, oh my god, you like pineapple? Like what's wrong? Like clearly your your taste in life cannot be trusted if you like pineapple on pizza. Like really? Like I, I mean I don't like olives on pizza. Does that make me a bad person? Like I, I mean I, you know like, like yeah I like pineapple on pizza. A, a good a good Hawaiian with pepperoni. So pineapple ham and, and pepperoni. I mean, for my money, that's, that's, I mean, that's about as good as you can get. I'll take some other toppings here and there, whatever. But like, if I'm making a pizza for myself, like that's probably it. Might throw a little sausage on there too. A little bit, a little bit more, a little bit more savory, maybe a little bit more pineapple as well. It's just, I mean, mm, good stuff. But if you don't like pineapple, cool. No problem. More for me. Right. Or let's not kid ourselves. It's pizza. So even if pineapple is not your favorite go-to, like pick it off and eat the pizza. Or just eat it anyway because it's pizza. And ultimately, like, like when I when we get a pizza that, that's more of uh, more up Rebecca's alley and it's got a bunch of crap on it that I would never in a million years order, like I, I rarely pick it off. I'm just like, Ugh, all right, well, this isn't gonna be my favorite pizza ever, but it's pizza, and so you know, it's not gonna be terrible, you know. Um, but yeah, thanks for raking me over the coals with the first two and then just hanging me out to dry there, Alan. Uh, pineapple on pizza? I'm a I'm a yes pineapple person, but uh, you know, you do you when it comes to your pizza. Um, and if it doesn't have pineapple on it, like I'm okay with that. I'm not going to question your taste in everything in life because I feel like you're, you're missing out on something good when it comes to your pizza. Uh, one more from Alan. I got four for four in a row. Uh, now for the question, a little bit of, of background into it. Um, as far as listening to his body and, and struggling with that a little bit, but here's then the question. A lot of the advice you've given recently on avoiding injury and overtraining relies heavily on intuition and, uh, heeding the signals from your body. Is there a way to dummy proof that for a guy like me who has failed to read himself correctly several times, or is the only way to build the intuition to avoid injury slash overtraining through trial and error? Um, and, and another deep question, Alan, another, another tough question, because like as much as I wish that I could say that, oh yeah, you know, if this, if a, then B, you know, to, to dummy proof it, like you said, um, I feel like that would be the, the epitome of one size fits all advice and, you know, you all know where I stand when it comes to one size fits all advice. And, and the fact of the matter is that, that our bodies, you know, everybody's body talks to them in a little different ways. Everybody's body is, is sometimes sensitive to one thing, not sensitive to another thing or whatever. Um, so yeah, I mean, there, there really is no great way to like, know if this little niggle or this little sensation that you're feeling is something that you can run through and be fine. Or if you try to run through it and it gets worse, like, like there's no necessarily way of knowing until you kind of either do or don't and see how your body responds. So I guess, I guess to really answer your question, the way to build the intuition, the way, the way to really figure out what your body is telling you is to kind of, there is a bit of trial and error that has to be, has to be had. Um, that said, you know, like the better you are at listening to what your body's telling you, even if you don't necessarily know what it's saying, but at least recognize that, all right, my right foot feels a little, a little off today. You know, to get to where your body doesn't have to scream at you to, to pay attention, but just, you just notice some of those things 
or, or noticing um, that you, your sleep wasn't as good. So maybe there's, there's using some of those different apps or different, different bits of technology that shows, you know, your cadence or your sleep or, uh, you know, time on the ground or whatever, you know, all the different things. Like I'm not a big fan in, in following all those things, but those things can at least help to, to maybe identify that something could be a little bit off. And then that can kind of help you go, all right, well, what's going on? But ultimately, you know, figuring out what your body's telling you, regrettably, I mean, it is, it is trial and error. It is, it is a lot of times figuring out that, oh yeah, the stove is hot because you know, you touched it. Right. Um, and, and figuring out that, oh yeah, I think I overdid it a little bit too much, uh, yesterday. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have ran yesterday because today, like it really hurts to walk or it really hurts to, to do this. Or my, my leg is really barking at me today. Um, and I wish that wasn't the case, you know, and, and it, it almost sounds trivial with the way you kind of set me up. Not that you set me up, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, it almost sounds trivial. Just be like, well, yeah, you just got to keep listening to your body. But like ultimately that's what you have to do. And then it just requires a little bit of that gut instinct, right? Of, of, is your body telling you something that that's that's like screaming at you? In which case, probably more serious. This is just a little suggestion, which maybe you've got some wiggle room there. Um, and then, you know, I, I think that the biggest thing though, or maybe not the biggest thing, but a, a thing to, to really consider that, that didn't really get into your question there. Uh, but if I can read between the lines, it's it's the continuous monitoring of this, this, the signals that you're getting from your body. Meaning, how you feel before your run matters, but how are you continuing to feel during your run? You know, you're, you're kind of on the fence a little bit. Like, I don't know, my, my, my calf's a little bit grumpy. I don't know if I should run today or not. I, you know, I, I don't know. I kind of want to, but I don't want to make it worse. What should I do? Well, if, if, it's, if it's so not significant that you're like, you decide to roll the dice and get out there then don't just stop seeing how your, your calf is feeling during the run, right? Keep paying attention. Keep checking in. All right. How are, how are we feeling? Does it, does it feel like it's loosening up as I've started to run? In which case you're probably okay. You know, um, is it, is it staying about the same? Well, you know, proceed with caution. Is it feel like it's getting worse? Pretty good sign that your body's saying, Hey, Hey, Hey guy. Hey, Alan. Hey, Diz. Yeah, this is a little too much today. Back off. You know, so, so paying attention to, to the continuing conversation that your body's trying to have with you, uh, especially during a run, especially after a run, you can use that information to kind of help you better decipher what you're feeling and, and what kind of actions you should take. Um, and there was something else I was going to add to that. And I forgot, oh, and then just kind of, you know, fr- from a coaching perspective, if you've got a little bit of a niggle, if you've got a little something that's questionable, and you're deciding to run run through it or at least give it a shot, see how it goes, please, 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 for the love of everything holy, keep that run nice and easy, all right? If you normally keep it easy, but it's kind of on the, the higher end of easy, keep it on the lower end of easy, all right? If, you, if you've got a little soft tissue something, a little niggle in a muscle, I mean, I hate to make blanket statements, but this is a, a pretty good general rule. Exceptions to the rule are always there, but in general, you're more likely to have something go wrong the harder you go. So if something's a little bit off and it's supposed to be a speed day, don't do the speed work because that's more likely for something to go from a little off to way off. All right. If you just keep it as an easy short run, you might be able to get some miles in and keep working through it without making it any worse, or at least without making it significantly worse. So hopefully somewhere in all that, Alan, it'll help you, but, but definitely it's trial and error, man. It's something that you just kind of, kind of keep figuring out. And, uh, you know, I'm always happy to, to do a call or talk you through it or try to answer a question, but ultimately I mean, you're the one feeling it. You're the one that knows how bad it really is or how severe it really feels. Um, and you've got to kind of make those adjustments and, and make those calls as you go uh, and hope for the best. But sometimes, sometimes we overdo it. A little, sometimes I overdo it a little bit.
All right. And, and when that happens, I try to be honest and admit that, um, because it happens to me. And if it happened to me, it can happen to anybody. Right. Not that I'm, not that I'm like some perfect, but you know, I mean like I try to practice what I preach, but sometimes even then you, you try something, you think, oh, I think I might be okay. Not so much. So it happens. It happens, but uh, good luck to you in 2021, my friend. Uh, next question from Chantel, uh, in a quote unquote, perfect world, which we're going to get to that in just a second, but in a quote unquote, perfect world, what would a training cycle for a marathon look like with respect to the other things besides running? How often should I be doing strength training? Should it be running specific? What about foam rolling and mobility work? This will be my first full marathon and my goal is to just complete it happy and healthy. Well, Chantel, thank you for, uh, for the question and, uh, excited for you. First marathon. That's, that's a big deal. Um, and, uh, and, and, and what I'm about to say, please take this with my, or please understand that I'm saying this with my tongue firmly planted in my cheek here. Right. But in, in regards to a perfect world, what would be a perfect training cycle? It would be all of those things, right? Like, like in the, in the perfect world and the perfect training cycle, of course, you're going to be doing strength training. Of course, it's going to be pretty runner specific. All right. Of course, of course, you're going to be doing foam rolling. You're going to be doing mobility work. You're going to maybe do some yoga. You're going to have your diet on point. You're going to be sleeping plenty every single night. You're going to be managing your stress. Like you're going to do all of the things in a perfect world. All right. Harkening back to Mona's question earlier about setting goals for the year and recognizing that, that it's not a perfect world. Well, guess what? Training for your first marathon, it's not going to be a perfect world. So I think that the point of what your question is, you know, after I kind of poked a little fun there again, tongue firmly in cheek, but is that, is that, you know, what would be, what are kind of the things that you have to do or really need to do, really need to focus on for that first marathon and what kind of things can you, can you let slide? Um, and, and that's, and that's a tough question. It's a tough question because, you know, everything's important and it's not like one thing is more important. You know, it's not like getting more sleep is necessarily more important than your strength training. They're both important. All right. You know, like, it's not like, it's not like, well, you know, you can, you can skimp on the sleep, but hammer the strength trainer vice versa. I mean, you can, and ultimately a lot of us, we have to make some of those choices, some of those trade-offs, but they're, they're both important. And I'm not going to, I don't feel like it would be responsible for me as, as a coach or someone who, who in theory knows a few things, or at least thinks he knows a few things to try to tell you that, oh yeah, you know, slack off on slack off on the foam rolling, but make sure you do the, the strength training or, you know what, slack off, you know, don't, don't be afraid to, to just, you know, not worry about your diet, but definitely focus on the mobility work. Like, like, I don't think that would be responsible. So what I'm going to say is in, in the perfect world of training for your first marathon, try to do as much of the stuff as you can. If you find that you're slipping in one area, which spoiler alert, you probably are going to don't freak out. Don't panic. But instead of just saying, all right, well, the, the hell with it. Like I, I, I've you know, giving up on foam rolling completely. Like instead of doing that, maybe pull back in something else, pull back a little bit on the strength training and keep doing the foam roll or try to reincorporate the foam rolling or whatever the case might be. Try to get a little bit of everything. Now, again, in a perfect world, you'd be doing all this stuff multiple times per week. You know, strength training would be two to three times a week. Definitely some runner specific stuff, but also some, you know, it's okay to do some other, other workouts as well. Uh, you'd be foam rolling every day, doing yoga multiple times a week, getting sleep every night, yada, yada, yada. Right. In the real world, that's probably not going to happen, but try to try to be as consistent as you can across the board. You know, um, you know, one strength training workout better than zero two, probably better than one, three, not a whole lot better than two. Okay. So, so it's two, the sweet spot. Great. Aim for that. You get one. Hey, still a win. You have a week where you don't, don't get any, not the end of the world. All right. And then kind of use that same type of framework for everything. All right. Try to get foam rolling a little bit every day is great. 
you know, if you can get aim for five days a week, awesome. Have a week where you only get twice, it's okay. Have a week where you get zero, not ideal, not the end of the world. Um, but but it sounds like you've got the, the mindset right for the first marathon. Finish it, be happy, get across the finish line, you know, feeling good, hopefully. Um, that's the name of the game. And all of the little things, all the other things are going to help you do that. So again, do the best you can, but don't beat yourself up for uh, whatever you don't get to or wherever areas there are a little bit more lacking than others. Um, and don't try to hold yourself to this, this standard of everything has to be perfect because guess what? I'm not perfect in all of those areas. First to admit it, I've admitted it before. I'll admit it again. Um, there's areas that I can improve when it comes to the little things, when it comes to specifically the foam rolling, the mobility work, uh, definitely have a lot of room to improve there. Um, so do the best you can have fun with the training. And, uh, if you have other questions that pop up along the way, please let me know. And I would love to know what, what race you're training for Chantel. Is it a in-person race? Is it a running your own race? Is it, you know, when is it? Where is it? All that good stuff. Let me know. Let me know. Uh, but thank you for the question. Uh, hope you have a great start to 2021 and good luck with marathon training. It's a good time. Good time that first marathon. I mean, maybe not. Let me rephrase that. It's an experience, that first marathon. Mine, not the greatest time. Hope that yours is a good time. Uh, and, and good luck once again. Next question from Maya. Do you want to build a snowman? No. No, Maya, I do not. Um... There's a reason I don't live in Michigan anymore. And uh, not that I'm anti-snowman, but I'm not pro-snowman enough that I want to go back to uh, the ice and snow at Christmas time. So uh, I'll take my my chilly 45-degree morning runs versus chilly negative whatever degree morning runs and the ability to build a snowman. Although anybody who lives up north knows that negative zero or below anything below zero, not very good snowman weather. We need something in the mid-20s. That's snowman weather. Um, but no, I have no desire no, no reminiscing about snowman building days. Um, been there, done that, moved on, moved South. I'm good with not building any snowmen. Uh, but thank you for, thank you for the question lady. Hope that, uh, the snowman building in central Ohio is good this holiday season for you and the little guy. Uh, next question from Barb. The end of the year has me thinking about goals for 2021. And since we never say never around here, Dot, dot, dot. I feel like you're trying to tell me something here, Barb. Uh, if you are half marathon ready in your training base, what would a buildup look like for a marathon and how long would you expect that training cycle to be? So Barb, when are you running this marathon? <laughs> uh, great question. And, and, um, this is another one of those where, you know, like there's a lot of variables at play, but all that to say, being at that level where you're half marathon ready makes it a lot easier um, and gives you a lot more wiggle room when it comes to building up to a marathon. Now, uh, you know, what are some of the variables? Well, have you run a marathon before? Cause I think if you have, it makes it a little bit easier to build up because you've been there, done that before. Right. Um, you know, what's, what's your long run? Like, what are your goals for the marathon? Uh, what's, what kind of, you know, is it hilly? Is it flat? Is it trail? Is it road? Like those types of variables are going to all factor in a little bit, but let's just say in general, right? Let's, let's say your, your half marathon readiness means that your typical long run is somewhere between 10 and 14 miles per week. Okay. Maybe it's a little bit shorter than that. That's fine. But we're just, you know, for the sake of trying to, to paint the picture here, let's say that your typical long run somewhere 10 to 14, um, you know, maybe most of the time in that 10 to 12 range, but you extend it out a little bit once in a while. Uh, so you could jump in and really run a pretty good hard half marathon any old time. You're getting a couple few other runs during the week as well. Right. Uh, so what would the build up to a half marathon look like? Well, we'd start where we were 
And, you know, over the course of probably eight weeks, plus or minus two weeks, um, just start building you up. So you go from 10 to 14 to maybe 14 to 16, 16 to 18. Then maybe you do a cutback, you know, 13 to 15 week and then 18 to 20, 16 to 18, 18 to 20. And maybe we could be into taper mode at that point. All right. Depending on, on you know, that would mean everything was going pretty smoothly. All right. But, but that would, that would work. That would be, I don't I didn't count my weeks there, but that'd be probably six, seven, eight weeks. Right. Um, so we could do that and you'd be ready to go. Would it be ready to run your best marathon ever? Perhaps. Would I like to have a few more weeks to, to play with some of those numbers a little bit more? Probably to, to really be, be, you know, in, in terms of like peak or at least near peak level. Um, because the fact of the matter is the longer that you have to train, uh, the more you can play with different workouts, the more we can mix in some recovery, really hit it hard for a week, really back off for a week, give your body that recovery period that it needs. Um, and, 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 you know, you don't have to press anything. If, if you have a rough week, no big deal. Cause we've still got 10 more weeks until the race. So, you know, even though you're, you're, we could be, we could be race ready in three weeks, we've got 10. So we've got time to, to fluctuate and to play with things and, and to, to back off and, you know, the weather sucks. So, Hey, don't force it. Take the, take this week off or take the, you know, cut your long run in half, use it as a recovery week. We'll adjust some things for next week and, and we'll, we'll get back, get back to it with hopefully better weather. Like, like moral of that story, the more time you have, the more flexibility you have, the, the easier it is to adjust life or to, to roll when life happens to you, adapt, keep it moving. No factor. Um, but I think that, you know, a, a two month, two month window plus or minus two weeks is about how long you would, would realistically need. Um, especially if it's kind of like your first time doing a marathon. Um, you know, you want to give yourself probably at least eight weeks to go from half marathon to marathon. Um, but the more, the more, the better because you just have more time to play with it. So, uh, good luck with that first marathon, Barb, whenever it happens. Cause I feel like, I feel like if you had the point of saying, never say never, you might, you're about at the point of saying, all right, well maybe. And then once you, once you get there, slippery slope, uh, into, into marathon territory, but, um, definitely doable with a half marathon as the base, you're way ahead. You're way ahead. Cause if you look at most like first time marathon training plans, some of those one size fits allers, they usually start with like six miles for the first, you know, for the, like the long run. Um, so if you're already at, double that. I mean, not that it's an exact, like you're double it. So you can cut the time in half, but in this instance, you pretty much can. Okay. Um, again, assuming some things that may or may not be the case, but that's, that's kind of a, a good general guideline. I think, um, that, that hopefully makes sense for you, Barb. So, uh, thank you for the question and uh, good luck with that marathon somewhere in 2021 or 2022. I, th- I think, I think you, you've pretty much said it's going to happen. So anyway, thanks Barb. Uh, next question from Liz toe socks, yay or nay. How's that? How's that for splitting the, splitting the difference between yay and nay? I'm okay with them. I like them. I have no problems with toe socks. Um, but I'm not like a, Oh my God, I have to wear toe socks kind of guy. Um, I have worn them before had zero issues with them. Um, I got my, my features now that aren't toe socks and zero issues with them. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm good for whatever. I'm good for whatever. Um, the, you know, the, the time when toe socks are like, you, you want me, you want me to have an opinion about toe socks. Here's an opinion. Here's a, here's a hot take for you on toe socks, Liz. I'm still waiting for a compression sock, not a compression sleeve, a compression sock. I don't need the little toes to have the, the, the little gloves, the little toe gloves on my end of my compression sock, but I need a compression sock with a glove for my big toe. And then the rest of it can be like, I need, I basically need a toe sock with a mitten instead of a glove, right? Not, not the one big hole for your whole foot. I need a compression sock with a 
with a big toe sleeve and then the rest of them, like I said, like a mitten. Why? Because I'm going to wear my, my freaking sandals after I'm done with the race when I want my, my compression socks on to help with my recovery. But I'm not a freaking guy that's going to wear socks without, you know, just regular socks with my flip-flops. Because then I got the freaking toe wedgie and that ain't working. That ain't working. So give me a compression sock with a, with a spot for my, for my big toe and we got something. Uh, then I got an opinion on toe socks or toe mittens or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> just in day-to-day wear, I'm down for whatever. You want to send me some socks, Liz? You want to send me some toe socks? I will wear them. You want to send me some, some good socks that aren't toe socks? I'll wear them. And I'm not going to complain one way or the other. Um, you know, I know some folks, big big thoughts one way or the other, and that's cool. Again, kind of pineapple on pizza to me. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm good with it. I'm good without it. Um, so hopefully my lack of firm conviction on that question doesn't, uh, doesn't rub you the wrong way. Get it? See what I did there? Rub you the wrong way. Socks, blisters, toe socks. Eh, terrible. What other sound effects can we play? Next question. Thanks for the question there, Liz. Appreciate you. Uh, next question from Ava. Did you develop any new running or training habits out of necessity this year that you choose to bring with you next year slash whenever life looks quote unquote more normal? That's a loaded question and a good question and, and something that um, I really had to stop and think a little bit when uh, when kind of getting ready for today's today's episode because I don't think that I really did. Um but, but maybe, I don't know, because, because, you know, for me, like obviously this year was what it was. It was, it was not the, the best year. It wasn't what I had hoped for, or had planned for or anything like that. Um, but from a race perspective, from a training perspective, from a running perspective, like things didn't change that much for me. You know, um, I, I ran my, my, my goofy challenge for team and training in, in January, which feels like that was three years ago, but it was just, you know, just less than a year ago, uh, ran that race, um, you know, jumped into a local trail half marathon, uh, in like early February that I thought about running, but what, you know, what it, it was kind of like a last minute, like, Oh yeah, we've got nothing going on next week. I'm gonna do that race. Um, but I had no other races on the calendar. I had no other races planned. I had a couple of like maybes, but nothing that I was like, eyeing, nothing that I was serious about, nothing that I was committed to. Um, you know, my goal for last year was to run 2020 miles. And so I knew I just needed to keep, keep, you know, chipping away day to day, week to week, month to month to, to make that happen. And so when everything got canceled, when everything started getting shut down and whatnot, like, like from a running perspective, nothing really changed that much. I was still running at, you know, five o'clock in the morning with the dog. Like, you know, no, no issues out there. There was me and three other people in the neighborhood that were ever out. So, you know, we each had our side of the road and we were good to go. Um, so, so nothing really changed there, but, but, you know, so maybe less out of necessity because of the year, but just, you know, kind of continuing to learn things about myself, right. And continuing to, to try to adapt and evolve and, and, and become better and more well-rounded. Um, you know, as far as bringing, bringing forward with me, um, you know, I think that, that the heart rate training thing for me going to continue to do it. Uh, I think that the low carb, uh, lifestyle diet nutrition plan for me, it's, it's working great. Uh, you know, hand in hand with the low, with the, uh, the low, the heart rate training stuff. Uh, you know, not that those were changes this year, but just things that I've continued to be, uh, impressed with continue to, to feel like I'm seeing results with. So I'm going to continue to move those forward. Um, and, 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 and so I don't think that there was really much that, that really changed or, or developed this year for me from a running side of things. Um, maybe just an appreciation for the opportunity to run races. Um, and that, you know, when, when races start to happen again, 
I might be more likely to jump into it. I mean, maybe that was why I jumped into the 50K earlier this month, right? Not because I was chomping at the bit to, to travel to North Florida. I, I actually enjoyed it. We had a great trip, great little weekend getaway. Um, but like the fact that it was a race and the fact there were a couple of, you know, folks from the, the group that were there that I get a chance to meet them and say hi to them. And, uh, you know, like, like maybe I'll be more likely to do that kind of thing next year or 2022 or whenever things look more normal is just, you know, jumping into a race, um, trying to meet some people, being around the running community again. Um, I mean, that was nice and something that I, I didn't maybe realize I missed as much until I got there. And I was like, Oh yes, my people, you know? Um, but again, not really answering your question because that wasn't a training habit that was changed or adjusted or adapted out of necessity. Just something that I didn't realize I was missing as much until I got a taste of it. Um, so maybe that, that'll be something that goes forward with me, but otherwise, you know, I mean, kind of keeping on, keeping on, um, which is, which is, I don't know. I mean, probably not the greatest answer, but that's where I stand. But great question. And one that really had me stopping and thinking for a while and, and, uh, trying to, to, to think about what did I do differently? And, and I don't know for better or worse, I didn't do much differently this year than, than what I kind of set out to do and kind of what I'm planning to do going forward into 2021. So I guess, I guess more of the same for me with, with the obvious caveat of more of the same for me, but less of the coronavirus, more of the vaccine. And let's get back to, to something that looks a little bit more like normal racing, getting out there. I mean, I'm an introvert, so I'm not going to get out there and be around people very much, but giving you all the opportunity to get out there and be around people. Uh, and let's, let's, let's make it happen. Right. But uh, thank you for the question, Ava, and uh, hope that uh, you're settling in to the new place uh, and, and the, the move, the move south for you. Uh, hope that all works out. Um, four questions to go. We are moving along pretty quickly, right? We're not going to have a two hour. Well, I say that there's four questions to go. Stranger things have happened to me flapping my app for another hour with four questions, but I don't think we will, but let's, let's, let's keep it moving. Four questions left. Um, but anyway, less than two hours is what we're going for. And, and uh, it looks like it's going to happen. Uh, Michaela's question uh, for this month, what goals would you set before someone who doesn't really have any races on the calendar, but the person who happens to be very race motivated? So this is, I mean, this is the million dollar question, right? Uh, you know, for those that, that really love the races that really are, are chomping at the bit to get back to racing again, but you know, to, to Ava's question, we're not there yet. You know, we're looking for more normal. We're looking for more races coming back again. Um, you know, what kind of goals would you put out front? How would you, I'm, I'm assuming here, maybe trying, trying to read in between the lines of your question, Michaela, but help you stay motivated so that when races happen, you know, you've got some, some fitness there and you're able to, to get race ready and, and ready to go again, uh, relatively short order. Um, and, and I think that's, that's, I mean, it's, it's, it's like I said, it's a million dollar question. It's something that I know some of the folks that I coach are, are struggling with, and we're trying to figure out the right, the right button to press, because just like a lot of things, just like I've answered a few times this month already, you know, it's not a one size fits all. You know, it's telling you that I would say, oh, you know, try to try to do X, Y, Z may not work for you, but it may work great for somebody else who's equally race motivated. But, but, you know, whatever X, Y, Z is might be that thing that, that, that gets the the light burning a little bit, gets the fire burning, um, and, 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 and does work. So, you know, I think that, I think that for, for what I would try to say in general, not knowing all the specifics of what you've got going on, Michaela, but, but just in general, you know, setting goals for the year, I would kind of look at you know, the big picture stuff again, uh, zooming out, taking it, taking a look at, you know, where do we want to be at the end of the year? You know, not necessarily specific to races, but where do we want to be at the end of the year? Where do we want to be starting 2022? Um, and then, you know, try to figure out, all right, where does a race fit into that progression? So maybe you want to run 1500 miles this year, whatever, whatever the number is making up numbers. Um, I don't know why I keep going back to 1500, but I feel like, I feel like that's easier to say than 2021. 
but whatever it is, maybe you want to run a thousand miles, 2000 miles, 2021 miles, 1500 miles, whatever it is. And you want to do some races as part of that, right? So, you know, kind of, kind of looking at what you want to do this year to be ready to go for a race, to be ready to jump into a race. Um, and kind of, kind of, I guess, I guess what I'm trying to say with that, and maybe not doing a good enough job of saying it is that the goals that, that I think might be helpful for someone like you who, who wants to run races is motivated by races and struggles a bit when there aren't any races to train for is to, to try to, to, to trick your mind or, or try to try to convince yourself that you're training for this race, even though that race may or may not be on the calendar, may or may not be happening. So, you know, like I want to, you know, targeting a race in April that maybe is still up in the air, maybe it's still a possibility. All right. So I'm going to run this race. Don't have to sign up for it. Don't have to put any money down, but you know, this, 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 you know, whatever this 30 K this, this 20 miler, this half marathon, whatever it is, this is the race I'm training for. And you just train for it and, and don't keep paying attention to yes, it's happening. No, it's happening. Especially if you're not really registered for it, just you're training for it. And then you get up, you get up to the, the, the time of the race. And if it's still happening, you want to jump in. Great. If not, if either it's not happening or it's still happening, but you're not going to jump into it. No worries. It kept you going to that point. What's the next race? What's the next race in June? What's the next race in August? Whatever it is. So just kind of putting races on your calendar that you may or may not run. And, and, and for some people that might work for some people, you're going to, you're going to have in your mind. Well, I'm not, these aren't for sure. So it's going to still be a struggle, but it's, it's kind of like, you got to kind of try to poke at that in different ways, right? Maybe I'm going to run this race. Maybe I'm not or, or ration, ration with yourself or rationalize with yourself that like, Hey, if I can run whatever, 15 miles a week, 20 miles a week, um, that'll put me in a good position so that when races come back on the calendar in whenever they do, I have a good base to, to be able to jump into a half marathon pretty quickly. And then you can sc- start scratching that race itch, but knowing that because you're so race motivated, or at least I'm assuming that because you're so race motivated, the last thing you want to do is be in a situation where races come back online in May and you're like, well, damn it. Like I'm not, I, I know I can't go out there and do that right now. I haven't been running enough. I haven't been training enough consistently that like, I don't think I can go run that half marathon right now. Like for someone who's motivated by races, when races are back, you're going to want to run them. Right. So, so you got to try to work, work on that self psychology a little bit, try to try to make it happen where it's like, all right, I'm going to do this, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be ready so that when races are able to happen, I can make them happen. You know, maybe that means some time trials. So you kind of have your own little S and G 5k or S and G 10k or S and G half marathon or whatever it might be. Uh, but, but having some time trials out there and like, all right, you know, at the, at the, on, on whatever, in the middle of February, I'm going to run this, this 10 K and engage my fitness there. Maybe you run one on, on, you know, the first or second of the year, run another one, six weeks later, another one, six weeks later. So you kind of, kind of like your own little mini races mixed in. Obviously it's not going to have the environment. It's not going to have the, the medals. It's not going to have the aid stations. It's not going to have all the, the, the bells and whistles and the accoutrements of a race, but at least it's like, it's a day, right? It's, it's a day you got circled on the calendar. All right. You know, February 17th. We're going to get after it. We're going to push it. See what happens. We're going to do it again on May 31st or whatever, April 2nd, whatever it is. Um, and kind of use those, those self race days as motivation. I don't know if that's going to work or not, but you just got to, ultimately it's like a lot of things you got to kind of maybe, you know, throw a bunch of stuff at the wall and see what sticks, kind of try a few different, different tactics, a few different ways to kind of circumvent your, your lack of, uh, maybe lack of motivation right now, because there's not a lot of races, to figure out kind of what, what 
motivates you enough? What, what lights that fire enough so that when there are races, you can get back out there and run them. Um, I don't know if any of that was helpful or not, Michaela, but hopefully at least gets your gears turned a little bit and gets you something to think about. And, uh, of course we can always talk more about it. Um, and if, and if, you know, hopefully something falls out of my mouth will be uh, useful for you. Uh, next question from Melody. How is the aura ring aura ring working out? Easy for me to say. How is it working out? How is that thing that you put on your finger working out? Uh, I'm bummed because the one I got for Chris doesn't fit. He's in the middle of sizes. They don't have middle sizes. So um, my aura ring, it's working out fine, I guess. Um, I'm not as, as addicted to the data as I was at the beginning when I first got it. I, I check it most days. Um, but I kind of feel like I've gotten a lot of the... Um, I've, I've spotted some of the trends that, and, and I think that in the early days it was helpful to spot some trends. You know, I'm still mostly not eating peanut butter, um, which still hurts my heart, but I, I feel like it, you know, I definitely notice a difference. And if there's a day that I, I have a little bit of peanut butter by a little bit, I mean a lot. Um, if I, if I have some peanut butter, uh, I notice that the next day a little bit, you know, some, some of the markers are different. Um, you know, and it's helped me kind of make some adjustments on, uh, sleep time, on eating time, on, alcohol intake times and things like that. Um, so, I mean, I have learned some stuff and, and is it, is it rock, rock solid science? I mean, I don't know, probably not. Um, but have I spotted some trends? Yeah. So I guess that means it's working out, right? Like I still, like I said, I still wear it. Um, you know, I doubles as my wedding ring. Um, I don't, I don't like live and die by it. I don't like get up and check the the stats first thing in the morning. How did I sleep last night? Like I, you know, I check it most days. And if I miss a day, all right, well, I'll check it the next day and I'll check the last two days, like whatever. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting, I guess, but it's, is it, has it been a, a game changer? I don't think so. Have I learned a few things? Have I, have I, am I happy that I got it? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, but you know, I mean, if, if, if it stopped working tomorrow and I went back to just wearing my silicone ring, like that'd be okay. I wouldn't be that upset. Um, uh, but since I've got it, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep using it until it doesn't work anymore. And hopefully that won't be anything that happens for a while. So I can keep maybe learning a few things. Maybe there's something else out there that I'm going to learn, you know, in the early part of 2021, that'll make a little, little tweak, little adjustment for me. Who knows? But uh, you don't know, I guess if you're not tracking things, right. But it's working out. Okay. But you know, it's not, it's not the game changer that, uh, maybe I thought it was going to be when I first got it, but maybe that was more on my expectations being off than, uh, or, you know, buying into the marketing. Cause there's sometimes that too. But uh, thank you for the question, Melody. I uh, hope that the, the family short has a good holiday season and a happy new year and all that good stuff. Uh, from last two questions, as per usual, I don't know, Tom, how do you always slide in with the last, like you like, wait, like, you see the thing posted and you're like, let me give it six days. And then I'm going to ask my questions. Tom always slides in at the, at the, at the buzzer with the last couple of questions. And it's as per usual, did it again this month. Um, first question, does shoveling snow count as cross training? My man, Absolutely. Absolutely. It does. You're out there shoveling, pushing, lifting, tossing, twisting, turning the whole nine yards. Like uh, maybe the only way snow shoveling doesn't count as cross train is if like your sidewalk is like a foot long because you're not going to be out there. Like like, it doesn't take you longer to get dressed, get out there and come back in and, and undress than it does to, to clear off, you know, a, a foot of sidewalk. But if you've got any type of sidewalk, driveway, porch, anything like that, that requires some shoveling, absolutely snow shoveling counts as cross training. I mean, you know, that's snow shoveling. As anybody knows that has shoveled some snow, that's a workout. It's, it's a core workout. It can be a little bit of cardio workout depending on, on, you know, what you're doing as far as pushing the, pushing the snow, uh, certainly some resistance workouts, some resistance training, some lifting, some twisting, like lots of stuff going on there. Absolutely counts as cross training. And a last question from Tom, 
A local race director has received approval to run a 50K race in February. It's called the Frozen 50K and will essentially be 10 5K loops in one of our local communities. I'm not really trained up for this distance and do not plan on attempting to train for that during the winter here in New York State. However, what do you think about running as many loops as I can as long as I feel okay? Or is it better to, idea to stop after a certain distance so I don't risk injury? Well, Tom, I mean, if there wasn't, if, if only there was like a, an opportunity for you to have a little bit of a dry run with this on like the 1st of January, um, you could kind of test kind of test it out a little bit and and run in the uh the, the diz runs new year's fat ass and, and see how it goes with no expectation no pressure of thinking about doing the 50k distance now in, in more serious way of answering your your question tom um you know i i think that that this type of race depending on how you decided to run it like you might be able to surprise yourself at being able to go that long if it's the kind of race where you can take some breaks and, and shut it down and, and rest for a bit and have, you know, have a, a little bit of chili or have some hot, co- hot cocoa or hot coffee or something like that. Um, which, which a lot of those races allow for, um, you know, you might be able to go if not 50 K, you know, you might be able to go whatever, 45 K, 44 K, 38 K, something like that. Right. Um, I guess I should have used five numbers since it's five K loops, but whatever you, you might be surprised yourself at how much you can go when you're not just running steady and, and really trying to hammer at things like that. If you just out there running easy loop after loop, like they can, they can tick away pretty quickly. Um, that said to answer your question, how, you know, should you run it with how many loops you can have or have a, a, a pretty firm distance? Uh, I think that it makes sense in most cases to go into that type of thing with a, with a pretty firm, like, I don't want to go more than 25 miles or whatever the distance, whatever, whatever distance you decide. I don't want to go farther than 20 miles or 15 miles or whatever, because if you get into it and you know, it's, it's pretty easy to get caught up in the, uh, the peer pressure, the adrenaline, the excitement, the, the, the camaraderie of everybody's out there and we're running and, Oh, come on, Tom. Like why, why are you shutting down after, after six loops or after four loops? Come on, man, you can do one more loop. Right. And, and we all know that one more loop can pretty easily turn into two, can pretty turn into, turn into three, and pretty soon you've done the whole bloody thing, right? So you know if you can be if you can be really super disciplined and really you know no issues with with giving into peer pressure, then sure you could go out there and just say I'm going to run as long as I feel like it, as long as until I start to feel if I start to feel a little bit off, starting to feel tired, getting cold, whatever the case might be, I'm done. Like that's okay, but if you're like me, that's probably not going to happen. And so I would go into it with going pretty firm, like I'm going to do five or I'm going to do six or I'm going to do eight or whatever the number is. And like, sure, you can always cut short of that if you're, if you're not feeling right at some point, but under no circumstance am I doing more than, more than six of these laps. Well, then, then when it comes, it's like, sorry guys, not doing more six. I said, I was going to do six when I got here. This is, this was, we just finished number six. I'm done. And that way, you know, you don't run that risk of getting caught up in the moment, excited and maybe overdoing it. But again, depending on how the race is set up, like you might be surprised at how much you can do if you're taking some breaks, which is why, again, not for nothing, maybe that, that, uh, the Diz, the Diz runs race, race, quote unquote, um, might be a chance to test out that theory a little bit, see how you feel, and then use that to maybe better inform what you're going to do in February when they actually have something official going on and, you know, people out there that might encourage you to make a decision that maybe in hindsight you would say wouldn't have been the smartest choice. So hopefully that makes sense, Tom. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it sounds like a fun, fun challenge. Um, 
Although other than the frozen part, that part, not so much of a fun challenge, but you know, that's why I don't live in New York. So there's that. But uh, anyway, thank you for the questions, my friend, as per usual. And that is that. Look at this. We're coming in under an hour and a half, maybe under an hour and 25 minutes. Although I have a feeling I'm going to drag this out long enough that we're going to get somewhere between, you know, 125 and, and 128 or so, but still not, not too bad for a little Christmas, Christmas day or boxing day or new year's Eve day, uh, listening experience, hopefully, uh, hope that your, your holiday is going holiday season, holiday week is going well. So with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up. Um, but as per usual, love to hear your thoughts. Any, anything that I got wrong, anything that I got right, anything that you disagree with, or, uh, you want further explanation on, let me know at disruns on Twitter at disruns on Instagram. You can also send an email to disruns at gmail.com. And of course you can head over to the show notes today, which not for nothing, a little extra effort in the show notes today. Every single question has a meme or a GIF or a photo attached to it. So, you know, don't be afraid to go check out the show notes today. We got links and stuff there as well. Um, and you also got the comment section down at the bottom. If you go check it out, you can always leave a comment as well uh, about what I got wrong. Tell me why that pineapple doesn't belong on pizza. I'm going to disagree with you, but whatever. You can you can make your voice heard at disruns.com slash 903. And once again, you want to take part in future episodes of the Q&A episode. You want to take part in a hashtag D-R-N-Y-F-A. The Diz Runs New Year's Day. Uh, I guess it's a New Year's. Diz Runs New Year's Fat Ass. Uh, either way, got to be in the Facebook group because that's where it's going to happen. I mean, that's that's where the, the fat ass is happening. That's where the questions are are, are answered or asked, I guess. Uh, Facebook, DizRuns.com slash Facebook or on Facebook. Search for Diz Runs Tribe. Come join the party. Uh, and as long as you're, you know, as long as you're not coming in and just peddling your wares, we'd love to have you around. But the more the merrier. Uh, and if you're, if you're, you know, coming in being kind of a douche, then we'll We'll show you the door, and that'll be fine. Uh, but uh, I trust that you're going to come in, and have fun with us, crack some jokes, post some memes, all the all the good stuff. Share, you know, share some runs, hold, help hold yourself accountable, answer some questions, get some questions answered. All that stuff happens in the Facebook group pretty much every single day, and uh, I, I'm happy to to have some more of you come join us in 2021. But uh, y'all, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this one. Uh, thanks for for putting up with me for another you know day, episode, month, year. Uh, you know, whatever the, whatever it's been for you, however long you've been listening, I appreciate you. I uh, hope you're having a very great holiday season. Merry Christmas to those celebrating Christmas today, or Chris, you know, celebrated Christmas a couple days ago, and uh, hopefully a very safe, very healthy, very happy, very race heavy and COVID free 2021. Happy New Year to y'all! Uh, thank you for listening. Appreciate y'all, and until next time, be well. Take care. Thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll talk soon. All right? See you guys. Mm-hmm.